Jets fans, are we having fun yet? Well, a, uh, a preseason tune-up against a mostly starting lineup against the Calgary Flames was a really good test for the Jets to see where this team is as they prep for the regular season. And you know what? I came away impressed. We'll talk about why I think this team might be a little bit on the upswing with some signs of optimism for this year and which players really stood out the most in tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. So, again, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, checking in on the Jets, obviously Winnipeg had a game against the Calgary Flames last night, and you know what? I actually was pretty pleased with the results. Um, This was by and large a starting lineup or something akin to it for the Flames, which, you know, this team for the Jets over the past couple of years has been a little bit of a pest to deal with. Sometimes the Jets really smoke this team, other times... You know, Winnipeg gets dominated, and it's been a very back-and-forth affair. But, you know, with Winnipeg bringing out a a pretty decent lineup themselves, I was curious to know what this team would look like as they get ready for uh, what should be an interesting home opener against the New York Rangers next Friday. But, you know, the Flames, tough team, tough customers, and the Jets basically ran them out of town. Now, I know you'll look at the shot clock and you'll see, I don't know, Calgary outshooting Winnipeg something like 36-28 to or something. To be honest, though, a lot of the shots were of the lower quality sort, and you know David Riddick really handled things in the net. While for the most part, I think the Jets kept Calgary from really getting good dangerous chances, barring a few notable uh, you know exceptions here and there. But for the most part, this was just a good game. Uh, I think Winnipeg really had um, a good measure of how to create opportunities. And while they did, you know, concede opportunities off the rush counters to the Flames, generally speaking, the Jets were just the more dangerous squad. They had better cross slot passing. uh, They had better skating. They had better creation from uh, perimeter chances being converted into slot opportunities. And I just felt like the Jets were really active and mobile and fun. This is something that I don't often get to say about Winnipeg. But you know what? I actually enjoyed this game a lot. It was a blast. Winnipeg won 5-0. And, of course, some things did actually stand out. Now, we're going to talk about one thing first that I think is um, both a very positive development going forward and something of an indictment of the previous coaching staffs that they didn't realize this sooner somehow. Uh, I don't even know how this fact could have even gone unnoticed because pretty much anyone who has ever watched this team and a particular player on this team would have known Playing him more is just going to give you more results. Um, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about playing Nikolai Ehlers in a first-line role. Ehlers had a, a three-point night, including a goal, and the dude was just eating the whole night, whether it was on the power play 
or, or you know at even strength Ehlers was everywhere dynamite amazing fantastic um i know in the previous episode and, and maybe an episode that i've recorded for friday because i wasn't able to you know be here to record uh tomorrow but i i said the connor shifley Ehlers line was going to have some defensive vulnerabilities but maybe they could outscore those well if this sample size is anything to go by, <laughs> oh man, am I? Uh, are you? Are, we're just in for a freaking treat, man. That's all I can say is we are in for a treat. This line was absolute dynamite offensively. Uh, Shifley looked really engaged. He was getting into dangerous areas. He was making great passes. Ailers, though, man, Nikolai Ailers, man. Can you find a player who does as much for this team that's not named Connor Hellebuck? and isn't named uh, Nikolai Ehlers. You just can't amongst the skaters. Nick was everywhere. He was flying. He was creating. He had some unbelievable passes that could have been converted into scoring chances. Just an amazing night for him. Um, And it really brings the Jets kind of full circle to this point of just playing your best players more. Uh, I, I don't understand why Paul Maurice used to insist that playing Ehlers less was how you kept him fresher or something. Uh, you have an impact player who can play 20 plus minutes a night and be an absolute game changer for the Jets. Why not just use him? I mean, it, it really doesn't seem like it's rocket science. And I feel like Rick Bonus has basically just done what a normal, decent NHL coach would, and suddenly it has a tremendous impact on the flow of the game, the scoreline, whatever you want to say. It, it's just been much better under Bones already. And it's like a very simple adjustment. If you just put Ehlers in a position where he can succeed alongside other skill that thinks like he does, you're going to get good results. I mean, who even needs to think this through? I mean, it's just mind boggling that you've had multiple head coaches for this team. And uh, throughout this entire process, no one thought to give Ehlers top line minutes. So amazing performance. I, I think this change really could give the Jets that scoring boost they need. Um I'm sort of joking, you know, talking back and forth with some folks in my my fantasy hockey discord or whatever. And, you know, we were saying, well, Ehlers hasn't really been like an 80 plus point guy yet. Well, based on what we're seeing this year, it might be more than just 80 points. He might be hitting closer to 100 at this rate because he's going to be feasting on the power play. He's still who he is, which is dominant at even strength. And if Ehlers uh, or if, if Connor and Shifley can keep up, which... I think we all know that they're more than capable of doing so. This unit is going to devour opponents. I'm really excited to see them uh, against other NHL competition. I think that they are primed for a big year. And I think Ehlers is going to be an absolute monster out there. Easily a point plus per game, maybe even like two points per game. Uh, a little bit crazy, right? I think it's more like, a you know, one to one and a half points per game. I think would be a really good season from him. But, you know, don't be surprised if he starts getting closer to like 90-ish points on the year. I think he's primed for a massive season, and I'm just, man, <laughs> uh, this is a very exciting development and hopefully something that continues. But of course, Ehlers, he's an established veteran. You know what you're getting from him. A lot of people could have predicted that he would do well with increased ice time. So what about the rest of the team? Who else really stood out and which players are you know on the way to earning a full-time spot if they haven't gotten one already? We'll take a look at which of these players have really stood out positively and maybe which ones haven't done so in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. Uh, if you've heard of me talk about BetOnline, you know that obviously they are your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. 
whether you're tracking NCAA college football or even professional NFL ball. They've got all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis, and articles on past games, whether it's the start of the season, stuff that maybe just happened a week ago. They've got your present day coverage, and they've also got futures and predictions. If you're looking for something a little bit more, uh, you know, beyond maybe just next week or even beyond this season. So, you know, they've got tons of information and they remain your, uh, your, your source for all of your sport wagering information featuring live betting and up to the minute scores. So you'll always make the most informed bets possible. And if you want more than just football, they've got everything from MLB baseball to MMA, boxing, golf. Uh, they've even got German football, which I've, I've, you know, been a big follower and a fan of. So it's really cool to see it represented. Automotive sports, if you like F1, they've got F1 coverage. Really, they want to be something for everyone. And they've also got Vegas casino games for those of you who aren't as sports betting inclined. But if you want to get started, just head on over to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are coming back to uh, talk about the Winnipeg Jets versus the Calgary Flames, and it has been a fun, fun evening. You know, obviously Winnipeg smacked Calgary six or 5 nothing, and you know what? I don't even think the scoreline was all that generous. The Jets just kind of controlled play and really did uh, a pretty solid job in just about all sectors putting a real hurting on this Flames team, which again, Calgary came out with, by and large, a starting lineup. But of course, you know, we've had some interesting standout performers amongst the rookies. Brad Lambert almost came out in like the first like two minutes of the game and very nearly scored a highlight real goal. Uh, for his standards, I think his game probably wasn't as explosive as he was hoping. Uh, he had some really good passes that almost became goals, but, you know, for one reason or another, it just got saved. Maybe a little bit unfortunate. But, you know, he and Perfetti were working with Dominic Tundonato down the middle, which it is a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, Tundonato is just not quite the caliber of player that you would usually find high-end elite skill playing with. Dominic's been really capable as like a third or a fourth line forward. But if you're asking him to kind of like sit between two of the smartest and most explosive attackers not named Ehlers on this team, it's a little bit of a tough assignment. So, um you know, Brad was able to create as much as possible. But what I will say about him is even when he makes mistakes, he's really persistent. I think oftentimes Jets fans are used to players who sort of flake off of back checks, maybe don't push uh, the envelope and try to recover the puck as much. They'll let plays die in the offensive zone or even the defensive zone. That's not Lambert at all. This kid has a very serious motor. I saw him strip Zadorov for a turnover and he wanted to create a rush chance off of it. The only thing that I did notice with him was that towards the like middle point to the end of the game, I didn't I did think he was slowing down a little bit, maybe because of like stamina or something. It is a bit of a, a stretch to like, you know, go from Finland and uh, lower league hockey to coming into basically NHL competition. But even late in the game when he was tired, he was still making plays, still making things happen. And you know what? I really think he needs to be on this team day one. Uh, if if anything we've learned from this preseason, it's that Lambert just excels at so many different different elements of the game. All he needed was a confidence boost and the right talent to surround him with. And, you know, his true qualities have started to express themselves even in ways that I think impressed just about everyone, even the people who are really high on him. So uh, 
a really monster performance so far this preseason. I think he is more than capable of of making this team. It's just, you know, the waiver situation kind of puts a little bit of a damper on that hope, but we'll see what, you know, shakes out over the next week or so. I think there's a good chance, um, if nothing else, he'll be here for at least a few games before he goes back to the moose or something. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> what can you even say about Brad? He's so exciting. The team's hyping him up. We're all hyping him up. Everyone's buzzing. I mean, how often is it that we as Jets fans get excited to watch Jets hockey? It hasn't been a lot recently, if we're being honest. But this year, you know what? Things are feeling pretty darn good. Uh, Perfetti, I thought, had a solid night. Wasn't really his best. But again, I think it was tough uh, playing with a center who's not really accustomed to the way that both Cole and um, Brad play. I think Perfetti is still going to be good no matter what. He still has that great passing, whether it's at even strength or on the power play. He's got the creativity and skill. Um, And let's be honest, you know, preseason, you're getting jumbled around a lot. So it sometimes is difficult to repeat really uh, elite play. But I think, you know, Cole's just going to do Cole this year. And I think he'll be a mainstay in Winnipeg's top six as a really important contributor. Now, uh, I want to talk about the defense because that's a little bit more of a complicated question. I'm going to save that for later, though, uh, because there's a little more to go into that. But I want to talk about the goaltending really quickly. Uh, David Riddick finally had a really good night. And look, he wasn't tested with um, like a really high volume of extremely dangerous chances. It was just a lot of traffic in and out throughout the entire evening. He had a couple of chances that were really difficult saves, uh, a couple of great stops, some rebound control issues. But overall, if you were looking for a big bounce back game from Big Save Dave, he posted like a 37 save shutout. So hey, you really can't complain with that. It'd be nice if Riddick is somebody that's trustworthy to back up Hellebuck this year because uh, Helly might be a little bit busy and it'd be nice to give him some more rest, especially if, you know, the Jets make the postseason. You want Helly to be as fresh as humanly possible. And Riddick being capable of eating 30 plus starts would be really ideal for me. I think that that would be uh, a nice thing. Obviously, backups, it, it can be a bit of a difficult split to try and give them, you know, a ton of games. But I do think, Helly just has to play a little bit less than he has been over the past few years. I don't know if that was really the main reason for his decline last year. And, you know, it's just a decline by his standards. He was still like a top 10 goalie in the league, still amazing and still bailing the Jets out. But obviously, with the defense and tactical arrangements being as bad as they were last year, uh, a few more pucks got by him than usual. So hoping for a refreshed season from him. And if Riddick can be a part of that process, keeping him healthy, keeping him, uh, you know, less fatigued, that would be freaking fantastic and already a dub of a signing. But um, yeah, really great performance from him. Oh, and one more player I'm going to spotlight real quick is Sam Gagne. He had a really great night, some fantastic power play passing. I told you uh, a while back that I thought he was a really great value signing for the middle six. He just kind of proved my point in that he is a capable, reliable player with some nice finishing talent and soft hands. I, I don't know why he's been so hated throughout his career because you watch him and he's just a really nice third or, or even second line player who's got the offensive chops to elevate, you know, maybe a line that doesn't have a lot of punch. And based on this power play puck movement, I think we can see the dude could feast here and feast really happily. So uh, congrats to Sam. I think he'll be fitting this team like a glove. And I hope that he has a big season and earns a big raise on his next deal somewhere. So uh, obviously some really interesting uh, forwards who are competing for spots. Not a lot of space to work with, but I do think Sam has certainly put his name in to get a spot once the regular season rolls around. But of course, the big question now is, 
the final spot on the defense, who's going to take you? I'll give you my thoughts on who has stood out in just a little bit and why I think um, the race has been really close in some ways, but there is for me a clear choice at the end of the day. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this closing uh, portion of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are uh, wrapping up our thoughts on the first of two games between the Jets and Calgary Flames. Uh, Obviously, the preseason has been a great time for experimentation. We've seen the first era of Rick Bonasaki, and it's been an interesting one. You know, some some positives, maybe some things to work on and improve. But uh, the first game against the Flames, I thought was fantastic. The Jets just came out, took care of business, basically dominated the game. And I thought that there were a number of standouts from the forwards who really impressed me. But on the defense, it was a little bit more uh, complex. Now, I'll say Morrissey, DeMello, awesome pairing, had a great night, really zero complaints. DeMello just sort of breaking up uh, plays in the defensive zone. Morrissey creating offensive rushes and stuff the other way. Great. I mean, not really much to say there. Um, Stanley Pionk, uh, a little bit more of a mixed bag, if I'm being honest. Logan, the the thing with him is you can just tell he can't really keep up as soon as faster teams kind of cut inside of him. Against the Flames, it was less of an issue because Calgary doesn't really have a lot of foot speed, but we've already seen it during the preseason. If he starts facing fast pressure, he does struggle a lot. Pionk, I thought, did an okayish job. You know, it wasn't an amazing game, but I thought that he was uh, throwing himself at the puck as he usually does. His style is very much high energy, high chaos, and uh, it is fun to watch if nothing else. Now, the pairing that I think most people want to hear about is Sandberg and Heinola. And these two guys have very fundamentally different approaches. And I think for me, Heinola is the one that I still want to go with, but who I think probably will end up being the odd man out because his style is very risky. Um, One thing that I'll say about Vili is that I think he needs to add a little more patience to his game. Oftentimes when he's under pressure inside the defensive zone, one thing he wants to do is get the puck moving really quickly and give it to an outlet so that they can skate out of pressure and potentially take on, you know, take an advantage of maybe a skater being pressed too deeply in Winnipeg's end. But oftentimes it just gets turned into a, a turnover or a chance against. So he'll want to work on that to improve his puck management. But it's when he's in possession and skating uh, through the neutral zone and offensive zone that you start to see why. Heinola was just creating way more offense. At even strength and on the power play, Vili's puck handling, his vision, his skating, all of that is kind of unmatched on this defense. Uh, Morrissey is really the only one who comes close, uh, maybe Schmidt too, uh, to the sort of skill that Vili really possesses. But even then, Vili can do stuff on the power play that just about no one on this team can. He's a phenomenal passer. He has a really short, crisp pass that's super accurate and is very... uh, strong relatively speaking and he's also got great shooting and vision it's just when he's in the offensive zone good stuff just happens i mean he's such a creative player and i think he brings a lot more to the table than either of stanley and sandberg now as far as stanberg sandberg was concerned uh he had a safe-ish game i think the problem with dylan is that he hasn't really been assertive enough when he's in possession uh the, the version of him that was a really confident puck carrying d when he was in college and even at times with the moose I just felt he's been really passive so far. Um, and with Bones, you really need to be aggressive. You need to be willing to drop deep uh, into the offensive zone and provide puck support. But he just really hasn't done a lot of that. And I feel like, you know, when he makes mistakes and stuff like, you know, Logan and, and Villiers want to do same kind of thing, right? He's going to have those rookie mistakes. He's going to have rough turnovers. But the problem is, is he's just not really giving enough offensively 
to where I think he has won that spot handily. So it's a tough question, right? You do have to accept that if you go with Heinola, he's going to have some defensive vulnerabilities, but I think his ceiling and his ability to kind of work past that, I think uh, is more something I want to trust in over maybe some somewhat safer choices who don't really bring much else to uh, a back end that frankly needs a scoring punch. So I think for me, Vili is still my pick for the sixth D spot. I think it's been closer than you would like because all three of the young rookie defenders, um, well, not rookie for, for Stanley, but uh, for the other two, you know, those guys, it, they're going to have some warts until they start getting NHL reps. And I think even then there will still be some mistakes they make that you probably wish they wouldn't, but it's just sort of a part of the game. But Vili is capable of just giving you so much more offensively that it kind of outweighs whatever stuff that he does poorly. So something to consider. And I think the Jets have a lot of very difficult choices to make, but I'm just hoping that they make the right one. And that at the end of the day, we have a really fun team to watch as the Jets gear up for next uh, for the for the upcoming season and beyond. But I'd be curious to know what you think of this game and what stood out for you amongst all of the skaters. Let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. Like I said, uh, Friday's episode was pre-recorded before this. I tried to, I think I tried to predict NHL lineups for um, next season, but or uh, not not for next season, but for next week. But of course, there have been some changes, and I'm sure the competition uh, following what, what is it Saturday's game against the Flames might mean even more roster changes. We'll see how it pans out, but uh, just wasn't able to have availability on Friday to record, so you'll have to accept it, unfortunately, for the time being. But We'll be back with some normal live content once we uh, are, are back here on Monday morning, where I'll try to give you some insights into what happened in Saturday's game. But uh, for, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Lockdown NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Uh, as always, it is free to like and subscribe, so be sure to do so right now. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.